he'll I would, react. I would pay to see the idiot who does something to Mary where all four of us are sitting around her. Like, that's just... But who would even do that? I don't know. I'm sure <laughs> there's general, an idiot. Like, Tori Lane. Say... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Wow. And on that note... <laughs> and on that note... Welcome to The Breaks Radio. Welcome to another episode of the Brooks Radio. I am one of your hosts, CEO Hayes, and we are joined by uh, Miss Mary Almonte, who's pulling off her flu game today. She got her first COVID shot. She's not feeling quite up to uh, her usual standards, but she's still in the building for you guys because she loves you guys. What's going on, Mary? Yep, that's exactly it. I'm still showing up, but I'm going to win the game. <laughs> Jordan won the game, too. I mean, anyway carry on we also have the great one baylor's in the building what's going on btg what up people then we got the red wine connoisseur and the hip-hop historian marquis in the building crates are falling the crates are falling listen what the fuck is wrong with y'all people like why are these niggas on these crates like first of all where do the fucking crates come from secondly who thought it's a good idea to stack these motherfuckers and walk like i just i would pay to uh, to figure out like who did the first crate thing, and then what the fuck was going through? They had to be high. Like, it had to be. Like, it's it's brain cells being killed in our community, and it's bad. Uh, look, I, I will say this. Um, it was very 80s creative, okay? But this shit should have stayed in the 80s. That type of shit happened in the 80s and the 90s, where we went outside, and we tried some shit. Probably didn't stack them that high, but... We tried some shit like that. We probably and we definitely tried more dangerous shit than that. But that type of shit with these type of people in this generation should not be doing. But some did. Some some have accomplished it. But I mean, it did nothing for me except for entertain me because I love watching them fall. I ain't gonna lie, that shit was funny. I love our people, but I hate our people so much at the same fucking time when they do dumb shit like that. Mary, what do you make of the? First of all. Mary, are you really hurt because you you were in the backyard climbing on crates? What? <laughs> uh, no. First of all, I didn't do shit like that in the 80s or 90s either, so I don't know what Taylor is talking about. Um, no. I think it's stupid. I, I'm with you. I wonder who the hell thought of this. And then now it's just catching on. And it's like the memes are great. I'm here for those. But the rest is, I don't know, crazy. Major, major. And, and you got like old people, like not young spring chickens doing this. Like, you know, if you fall from there, it's going to, you will be feeling that for like a month if you're in the 30 plus club. So <laughs> let's not. <laughs> Marky, you you been on some crates, brother? Nah, um, from the crate to the grave. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Baylor's it, <laughs> picture on your IG was fucking hilarious. The little painting. Oh my god, the nigger room. How do you take something so ignorant and make it so abstract? <laughs> and we, I got, I got, we're on a three week stretch of Marquis naming the episodes. So from the crate to the grave is definitely the name of this fucking episode. Now. I ain't even gonna Yo. hold you. That is absolutely the name to the fucking episode. <laughs> Oh, Did my. Y'all oh the, the Lion King meme where it was like Scar was when he was falling back and it was like <laughs> on the tree. <laughs> that one took me out. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh. Let me turn this into an NFT. I'm oh, turning into an man. NFT. I'm gotta, sorry. Gotta love black people. Um but <laughs> coming from, from the crazy stupidity to actual news from the culture. Kanye West and Drake. Um, I have a theory about this. I don't even know if we want to get into the theory here. I tweeted about it, but like Kanye has gone to the point of he posted Drake's address, immediately taking it down. He's like come out and call like Drake a betray. Like what the fuck is like? Just diss each other and get the fuck get it the fuck over with. That's what I would I would prefer at this at this point in time. Marquis, what do you think? So I do want to I want to bring back your theory. I do want I because I, I need to hear that because I, I actually kind of believe it. So go for it. Oh, you saw, so you saw, the, you saw the theory? Yeah. I, I, and this isn't even like, I don't mean anything. This isn't meant to be homophobic because it's, it's none of that. But I seriously do think that Drake and Kanye were lovers at this point. This is coming off like a failed romance that they're both butthurt about. Like, who releases somebody's address? 
That sounds like a butthurt lover thing. Like, even when you think back to the Pusha T thing, the fact that Kanye felt, I mean, uh, Drake felt more, he, he focused more on Kanye than he did Pusha T. And then even in the reported diss that he recorded and never released, it, like, it was said that it was more hurtful towards Kanye. Like, this really, to me, seems like a failed romance. And I, and I don't mean that jokingly or anything. I truly believe when Kanye West's biopic comes out 25 years from now, that there's going to be a scene in which we find out that they were involved romantically. I, this is uh, this is not even a conspiracy theory to me. Uh, this is fact as far as I'm concerned. So now I'm going to bring that. Y'all remember the um the case where Amber Rose put out that Kanye like it in ass? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so that's why your theory could be sound. I mean, you're right. I've never seen this much emotional attack verbally and through public since, I, I don't know, Cardi B and, and um, this dude. Um, but they're dating. You get what I'm saying? Like, shit like that. Something's wrong here, man. So, I don't know. What, what just happened? Who put us in together mode? I, 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 come I on know. now. Come Sorry. on Sorry. My camera is like wowing right <laughs> like, now. What the hell is happening? But, but, yeah, as far as their beef, I would like to see them drop an album on the same day. Because I know Kanye added like six more songs on his album, right? And I'm pretty sure one of them is going to be a diss song. I don't think that's is true. Is it true that he uh, that somebody else writes for him? Sorry. Is it is he true that he's allowing fans to change the the songs? I don't know. I, I'm I'm over this Kanye bullshit at this point. Is he still in the basement at the Mercedes building? I don't know. He's spending the night somewhere. <laughs> At Drake's house. There you go. Who the fuck knows? If he spent the night at Drake's house, where where would he stay? Doesn't like, Drake where, have a bigger I, pool than Ye? Like, where would he sleep at? He sleeps in the bed with Kanye. What, what do you mean? Where does he sleep at? They are to. They are involved. I'm a dad joke coming they, on. They, they, they. You know what? They probably fall asleep on the couch together after watching a good Netflix series. <laughs> with their I had feet a, up. I, I had a dad. I had a dad joke, but the timing. Do was it. Wrong. Do it. I was gonna, I was gonna say he's gonna sleep in Marvin's room. I cannot. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. I think I said she changed his name to Yay. You know hey, that, chill, right? Chill. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mary. All right. Um. No, this is just getting very childish. Not you guys. I mean, the the shit between Drake and Kanye. Like, I don't. Oh no, I, we're doing the childish too. But go ahead. Yes, I wasn't gonna insult you, but yeah. Um. I just feel like. Someone really needs to get to the bottom of what this beef really, really is about. Because, I don't know, I do feel like with Kanye, posting somebody's location is serious. Like, we see what happened to Pop Smoke because of... I mean, I don't know, I feel like I'm always a Debbie Downer of the show, <laughs> but... Honestly, like, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, honestly, you can't be... You can't do that. Like, and if, heaven forbid, something crazy would happen that would be on him like yeah. i don't know yeah I mean, if i was is, drake i really would have to like fuck him up for that <laughs> like yeah you gotta live with that yeah yeah for sure i mean I, that, that's like just you're, a great you're way jeopardizing to add some my safety yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean drake did post that video laughing at it but yeah it's, it's no laughing matter i mean to be quite honest like if people were ready to roll up on pop smoke uh that i wouldn't i don't put that past anybody so uh i mean that's that's a good point i mean he's in canada i mean drake has several houses i don't know which address he leaked so see that's what i'm saying you know you know why drake probably laughed because he probably posted the house that they only used to go to together so nobody was going to be there anyway i just can't (laughs) please make it stop okay i'm gonna move we're moving right along kendrick lamar has announced his last album for td this has sparked a lot of conversation about What's going on with TD? He's basically the face of that label. On top of that, um, just wondering in general, like, what does this mean for Kendrick's career? Some are saying are now asking, is this his actual last album? Is he going to be retiring as a solo artist? Kendrick, to me, has a lot of he 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 is a true creative and a true artist. There's a lot of different routes that Kendrick can go, but I I, I just don't see Kendrick stepping away from music completely. Baylor, what do you think? Uh, I actually wouldn't be surprised if he retired. Mm. Um, there's a few artists, uh, that I have in mind that, um, I I don't think they necessarily care for it. I don't, I don't think it comes down to hip hop. I think it comes down to the shit that surrounds hip hop. Um, when you when you look at artists that love to be in the spotlight and and the, and the bullshit that they have to deal with and the bullshit that they create Mm -hmm. that they eventually have to deal with. 
Um, I think there's certain artists out there, including Kendrick, that don't want to don't want to deal with that. Don't want to, uh, you know, what I'm saying. And I don't think I don't think he'll ever go back to maybe a space that he probably would want to be in to where uh, the paparazzi wouldn't pop up on him and things like that. But I think if he takes some time off, he might get to that. He might get to that space. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's his last album. All right, Mark. And I wouldn't even be mad either. Go ahead, man. You sound like you want to say something. Yeah. Um, I thought, and I could be wrong, that he had like changed in his bio that he's the founder of something else, right? PG yeah, Lang or something. Uh, uh, that company he started a, a little while ago. Oklahoma. Would that not, Would that not be maybe a label in the works or so, something? But it sounds to me like he's expanding because he did. He did. You know, with the um, the jeans and everything, the fashion. So it sounds like he's expanding not beyond hip hop. I can see. Look, I got to be honest with you. If this is his last album, I'm fine with that. He's given us pretty much four classics, right? If he ascends and becomes something else and not drop a whack album, I'm good with that. Not saying that he ever would, but some artists just don't have a lot to talk about. And I think we've seen that with most, you know, musicians. And again, Nas reinvented himself. Not even reinvented himself, he just reminded you had the perfect producer. But <clears throat> if he doesn't have anything else to talk about, anything else to give, and he wants to give something bigger, I'm all for that. So if this is his last album, and it's a great one, I'm fine with that. But I don't, I don't know if he's you know what? He hasn't come out in a while. Maybe he isn't hungry like that anymore. Well, well I mean, if you read it's... his whole diatribe, he was saying how, like, he's... He, in a way, it sounded like he was alluding to kind of sorting through some mental health issues that, like, all of us kind of have been COVID-related or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it definitely, you know, it seems like he's kind of had some other things going on mentally. But I don't think he's done by a long shot. Is it for TDE, though. Tell you that. Right, yeah. But we saw that coming. But I mean, without, I mean, Schoolboy Q was probably his last saving. Well, SZA. Well, but yeah, I mean, Absol too. They might leave too. He comes out the cage. But uh, I think, I think, look, I mean, when Kendrick announced first that PG Lane Company, it was a supposed to be multifaceted. It was supposed to be music, film, television, arts, books, and podcasts. It was supposed to be a multifaceted company. So if he is going and even if he is retiring as a solo artist, maybe his his impact on music now is going to be de to develop other artists rather than him being at the forefront himself as that artist. Now, you know, Kendrick is multifaceted. Kendrick is, like I said, a, a creative. So like if he gets into a space where he want he wants and needs to create things other than just music and he wants to branch branch out and owns his own everything, it makes sense that he's making this step now. Well, you so Oklahoma, mm -hmm. Obama, O Kendrick Lamar. Okay, clever. Um, is there an announcement for when it's coming out? Uh, no, I don't think the a, a date hasn't been announced at all quite yet. So, and you know what? <clears throat> Top Dog should commend him for this. I mean, every artist should be able to grow up on their own and do their own thing. You know, what I mean, you don't want to be under somebody for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? You kind of want to expand. I think that's what. Lil Wayne wanted to do his own thing, you know. I mean, I, I, and I, I, you, I dropped a, a, a special episode on my podcast. It was like a 15 minute quick thing. And I said just that is that this is the path you should want to see every great artist go. Uh, Big was on that path before he got taken away from us. Pac was on that path before yeah. he got taken away from mm -hmm. us. Jay was able to do it. Uh, Lil Wayne did it to an extent. Um, uh, uh, J. Cole's been able to do it with, with his record label as well. Now, they haven't had the, the huge success as far as the artists, but. You should want to see your favorite artists eventually branch out and be on their own. Every artist, like when you come into the game, you don't know the game very well. You don't know the industry. You don't know how it works. That first stretch of your career is really figuring it out. And then if you're lucky enough to gain enough following, to gain enough base, you then can go on and create your own and own your own. And so this is a natural progression. And I know people are naturally wondering if there's some beef or something going on in TDE, like you said, but this is something that top should be appreciative and Kendrick has never said anything negative about top dog never at all like mm -hmm. I mean so uh, at least based off what we know and not speculation there's nothing there's not a, a, a really a lot a lot there to think that there's necessarily beef between the two but growing out of something isn't always a negative it should be looked at as a positive yep I agree yeah, I agree but if anything you can do you can do what um Eminem and Dr. Dre did everything is pretty much still a partnership it's out of that respect that he gave him the opportunity yeah. And he just has a minority short share in Shady Records. So why not? You know, yeah, I guess we'll, but you're yeah. right. Our people should support.
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I can't wait for the album. I have high hopes, as you guys all know, for another Kendrick album. And the fact that, like, Kendrick, Drake, and Kanye are all, like, have albums either finished. Well, Kanye's album is never going to be finished. At this point, it won't be finished. He'll, I completely believe we live in a world where Kanye will drop an album and then the song won't do good and he'll remove it from Spotify and replace it with a new song completely. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Wait, the problem changed a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess I guess we'll see with that one. Uh, moving on, um, Tory Lanes. Besides getting lyrically destroyed by Cassidy repeatedly, like three times at this point, uh, he got issued a warning from the judge. Final warning to stay the fuck away from Megan Thee Stallion. We talked about when he came out on stage uh, with the baby. It finally came back to bite him in the ass. At this point now, if he has another infraction, he is going to have to fork over. A whole two hundred and fifty. He already had to fork over, fork over another sixty thousand, but the remaining two hundred and fifty thousand from his bond. Um. So as much as Tory Lanez has acted like he's an innocent man and there's nothing against him, it it doesn't seem that way when a judge kind of cracks you this this well with the whip. Mary, what do you think? I mean, I don't know. I feel like this dude is never going to take anything about that situation seriously. Yeah. Um. And it's sad. <laughs> like, and yet we're still like supporting him, y'all. Like, what are we doing? He really should be canceled. Yeah. Is this situation making him relevant? <clears throat> it's making him more relevant no. than his whack ass NFT commercial, that's for sure. But listen, his music is still being supported. That is true. He's still out here making moves. Like, I think we need we need answers. We need to know like where's the police report? What really happened? It's getting to that point now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're almost it has to be close to two years since this happened, right? Yeah, it's been a while. That's crazy. Taylor, what do you think? I don't care. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's people yeah. like Baylor that <laughs> are letting him. Well, no, Baylor. I, yeah. I don't think Baylor means he doesn't care. He's supporting no, the music. I don't, I, don't, yeah. I don't support none of it. I don't listen to the nigga music. And if he gets caught again, fuck over that bread. I don't care. <laughs> Simple as that. If, uh, and then it's, it's people like the people that don't like Megan Thee Stallion. And want want to see one side lose, and you know I don't. Uh, if he did it, then he did it. That nigga should get punished for it. I just don't. I'm not hurrying up to to throw the nigga under the jail because I don't know nothing. Nobody knows nothing. It's kind of funny that he is doing this shit because it seems like he. Well, ain't gonna. It seems he knows more information. She knows more information than anybody. I, I'm just saying, under the certain circumstances that he's under, if that nigga keep violating what he's doing, then that nigga got to fork over that 250, and that's gonna be it. I, honestly, if the judge knows knows more, it should be a more harsh uh, uh, punishment to where he got to fork over some cash and probably do some more jail time. But until you know, this reminds me. I don't know. This reminds me of, and I'm gonna go back those conversations I had with. You know, some of my friends where dudes would basically do shit and say, see, I can still get to you no matter what, mm. no matter what yeah, you think, I, I can still I get to you. Too. And this is exactly mm. how I don't give a fuck about the 60 K, whatever. Now, you know, I'm always there. That's what it seems like. This nigga is one of those niggas who just happen to have a little power and money. And we, so, did, and we just finished talking about those two weird ass niggas earlier about, you know, coming up with some type of conspiracy. I, yo, we really don't know what personal relationship them two had. We don't know how deep it was. So, but for him to still get this point, this, this close in proximity, knowing the consequences, like, and then, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is beyond, this is beyond just entertainment. This is like, yo, you're fucking with somebody's life, their mental stability. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know how she's taking this shit. Like, yo, we don't, we, again, we don't know the relationship, but you don't stalk somebody like this. You know what I mean? You don't, yeah. you, you're not in the background just popping up. This shit is, this is some real shit. And but he does not feel threatened. Like, he feels like this is okay. And that's part yeah, of Because he can walk, this little man can walk out like, hey, he said, he looks even shorter. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. But his bodyguard, his bodyguard looked at him like, nigga, I don't even like you. I don't even like you. So is it, so it's either, it's either like Marquis said, that nigga is crazy or he knows. that, Or he, he actually knows that he didn't do anything. And we're in the middle because we don't know. Good point. It, it'll all come out eventually or it won't. I, who the fuck knows? At this point, I'm tired of the little bastard. That's just to be honest. Like, I'm just tired of the motherfucker. You, you know what's going to happen next. He's going to drop her address online. I can't. 
<laughs> moving right along. I'm not touching that with the 10 foot pole. We are moving right along. So SZA, shortly after Kendrick Lamar's announcement of his last album, said, fuck it. She dropped, dropped three songs on SoundCloud. Did you guys get to listen to any of these? I didn't. And I, and I really do like SZA's music for the I do too. Part. So I don't. Uh, Bella, did you get to listen to him? Yeah. What did you think of him before I go off? I think that <laughs> yeah said it all. <laughs> we, we we need we need whoever Scissor's production. I don't know if Scissor writes all her own songs. Whatever. Something needs to change. Scissor is far too talented as not only an, a singer as a performer to drop these whack ass, no energy having ass, no vocal needing ass songs. Like this shit was just fucking terrible. Like. It, this felt like if it was somebody's first time going to the studio and they came back with music excited, like, look at what I did. And you're like, you know what? There's something to work here, but you need to be refined as an artist. This is not what you, the level of music that you expect from an artist of Scissor's yeah. level at all. At all. If you're going to drop something and make it a surprise drop because we haven't got music from you, you better make sure that shit is good. This shit was not at all. Not one. I couldn't take nothing out of either. Uh, any, how do you drop three tracks? And it's not even a chorus or a verse or anything that I can say positive about this fucking music. So oh, you're basically, I know you're basically uh, saying I should, we should Rachel Nichols it then just cancel it all together. Cancel it all together. Okay. Cancel it all together. We, matter of fact, we're done talking about it. It didn't even happen. Let's move I'm right the fuck I didn't along. Waste my time. Oh, listen, <laughs> I put it on the list before I listened to it because I, I was like, Scissor drops some music. It's probably good, so I put it on the list. I listened to that shit. And I immediately was like, I'd rather listen to my dog howl in the middle of the night than listen to these <laughs> fucking songs again. Kid Cuddy? Wow. <laughs> Moving right along. Um, we got black people like rock too. Coming from the mind of Marquis. Marquis, what you got? Yeah. So, <clears throat> all right. Um, we have to understand the difference between art and parody versus uh notoriety or whatever recently the baby from the nirvana cover has placed or sued the band for child pornography for the album cover now i don't know if you all familiar with this album with the baby swimming with his penis so back then one of the answers was to put a sticker there to cover it kurt cobain basically said it was because the, the vision was actually to have a picture of a child being born in order they thought that was too graphic mm. So he's now suing 30-something years later because he was he's traumatized because of child pornography. What? Now, go ahead. So who he, who he needs to sue is his parents. What, exactly. Because but clearly we got $250. Paid. But ultimately, it sounds like he's really mad because his dick is probably still the same size as when he was a baby. And he's mad that it was. <laughs> Here's the fucked up part about this, right? <clears throat> See, Kurt, you know, Kurt Cobain was an artist. He didn't give a shit about... Everything was visuals. He had a, a, a certain idea of the way he seen it. He didn't look at the, the penis aspect of it. It's like, this is yeah. in your door. This is a baby. But, you know, that's one thing. But the motherfucker recreated the moment for the 10th, 17th, 20th, and 25th anniversary. Obviously, without his penis. Oh, you I get what I'm saying? Part. I didn't know that part. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Come on, bro. Now you're traumatized and you want money? It just seems like he tried to live off that fame and didn't really get far. And now I got to get some money. I swear to God, you, 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 Everybody watch um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball mm -hmm. and the yeah. baby try to find his purpose because, you know, he just grew up and he was no longer the cute thing because that's what this reminds me of. Like, motherfucker, you just didn't make any money, didn't live, you try to live up or, I guess what, I was the baby on the Nirvana album and this generation don't know who the Nirvana, who Nirvana is, unfortunately. And now, after recreating the 10th, 17th, 20th, and 25th anniversary image, now he wants to sue. Fuck you, bruh. Fuck you. Yeah, you need to holler at his parents for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, and when the album went platinum, the record company sent them a platinum album and a teddy bear. You know how much those platinum albums cost? Like, yo, again. I mean, the teddy bear could have been left off. <laughs> but, but I mean, yeah. you know what? It's a gesture because he was still a baby. Right. I get it. Yeah, cash that, that right in. I mean, unless he, unless he was a diehard, I ended up becoming a diehard fan himself, which I doubt it. Um, no. I, no. I'll, cash, I'll cash that right in then. There you go. <laughs> because he didn't say um, the Clash was a better man anyway. Mm. But now you know, you're just a hater. Now you're a fucking hater now. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. Greedy motherfucker. Yeah, we should hit that, a that button. That was a hard motherfucker, bro. God damn. Yo. 
I wonder Look, if he could have kind of like spent it and just try. I mean, I mean, since he's already going after the, since he's going the clout route anyway, he could have just tried to build off of the fact that he was the, you know, infamous baby on the cover and try to. Build nobody off cares of that. anymore. He, that's what he tried to do. That's what he kept repeating it. The fucked up thing about this is <laughs> he's trying to get one hundred fifty thousand from each member and the member from the band before Dave Grohl, the drummer. He's not even in the band. He wasn't even in the band when this album came out. He's trying to get money from him too. So yeah, look, Nirvana is one of the greatest bands in history. They're the reason a whole new genre was created. So I have the utmost respect. He doesn't have the greatest vocals, but he uses his vocals to the best of he can. Like you hear the pain in his voice. When I heard, where did you sleep last night? That shit broke my heart because I was like, yo, whoever fucked this motherfucker's wife? And then the motherfucker ended up dead after that? Again, I'm getting off topic. The bottom line is... Fuck that motherfucker. You don't deserve shit. Let's start a GoFundMe to counter sue that nigga. And I'm done. Barky haven't seen you this fired up in the top on the topic in a minute. Like this shit got you pissed off for real, bro. Again, you know what it what I how I feel about artists and it, the same the same way that I'm starting to think about how this whole Megan and um and, and Tory Lane's situation is it, deep, thinking about it deeper, there's something wrong here. And he has too much fucking power and he's abusing it. And this is a woman who's trying to she got her fuck. She's at an, and she got her fucking masters, right? Mm-hmm. She's trying to do something with her life, and this is what we do. And this is the same issue I just brought up before: how black women are always treated and it's accepted. You know, it's just accepted just because this motherfucker can do what he want to do. You know, again, I have a problem when we abuse the power we have and take away from people who are trying to do something. That that album meant a lot to people. Mental health was covered in the ninety three ninety three. Through this mm-hmm. album, people actually breathe. They're like, "Yo, this is a breath of fresh air again." Smells like Teen Spirit, played in Patterson, New Jersey, with nothing but black people. Niggas walking like, "Yo, I rock with this." That's how powerful that motherfucking album was. So yeah, I am passionate about shit like that. There you go. What he said. Yeah, yeah that, I, mean, I think you said it all there, bro. I, want, I, I don't think we even need to add anything to this week's Black People Like Rock. So you just said it. Um, and there you have it. That was Black People Like Rock too. Uh, don't fuck with Marquis, uh, apparently, because he, he will stab your ass. Uh, let's move, <laughs> move it on to the next I'm topic. For. This is a, a review that, uh, that was gotten pushed off a couple times because of me, because I keep forgetting to say it. Uh, we are doing a review of Zola, uh, by the requ- request of Mary Almonte, and this is a really good movie, but Mary, I'm going to turn it, o- turn it over to you first. This was your pick. What do you think about Zola? Okay. So I don't know if we talked about it uh, or framed this up before on air. I mean, I know we've done a lot of talking and texting about it behind the scenes, but I felt like it was geniusly um, crafted to recreate an actual Twitter thread experience mm-hmm. and even a Reddit thread that I didn't even know about. <laughs> Um, I mean, for people who don't know, this was a thread from, I want to say 2012, right? Or am I wrong? Was it even uh, further back? 2012, 2013. It was later. Okay. Yeah. Um, and like it, when it was happening, cause like I was outside slash inside, you know, in, <laughs> in Twitter, um, it was like the most talked about thing on Twitter. Um, and it was literally getting updated as a thread in real time where this stripper basically was taken on a wild ride by this chick that she met who happened to be a prostitute and didn't tell her basically and got her into like a crazy ass like <laughs> adventure. And literally, I really felt like I was living in that Twitter thread in the movie Zola um, and like I was on the adventure with them. So I feel like the people who made this film, shout out to them because they did something right with it. I felt like it could not have been cast any better. I mean, everybody was dope. (laughs) Um, It was hysterical. There were moments where I literally cried laughing. Um, Yeah, I mean, it ended abruptly, but so did the Twitter thread. So I guess it was really art imitating life with that. I mean, it definitely stayed as true to the thread as possible, I feel. Um, so, yeah, I've talked a lot about it, so I will pass it off to whoever wants to go next. But Who, who wants to go next? Yo, it was a great movie, so I heard. I didn't watch it yet. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. I, didn't, I couldn't get there. You know that, so I'm sorry. Taylor? Both of you? All the great parts that I watched was on the trailer. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I'll say about, about the film. Uh, it was a great way to capture Twitter thread all that I agree with everything Mary said some of the things just got a little annoying to me like the constant Twitter because 
they pulled so much from Twitter and like almost every tweet that she had, they had that line somewhere in the movie that the tweet sound mm-hmm. when it did, it started getting a little annoying to me. And I think that like it for me, and this is just maybe my experience. I'm not saying that this is an experience everybody else will have. It kind of took me out of like, I wanted to watch the movie and just live in their lives. And when that tweet go- went off, I, it kept reminding me of it. Okay. This is from a Twitter thread. And I didn't necessarily want to keep be- I knew that, but I didn't want to keep needing to be reminded of that every five minutes in the movie but the actors in it every fucking person who was cast in this movie did that fucking thing um, everything from the pimp to the boyfriend but, to yeah, both the main what characters. about the pimps what about the pimps nigerian accent that That's, had me i literally fell yeah. off the couch when <laughs> i was like where did that come from yeah yeah, for sure. It it, it, <laughs> it it was so it was funny, and then James Mitchell was in it. Like even his little brief role was kind of funny. It, it was it was a really really a twenty four, and that's the production company behind this. Rarely ever fucking misses the same company that did Uncut Gems, at one of Adam Sandler's best roles. They rarely miss at all. This was I wouldn't mind seeing more viral moments turned into movies just because of this one. Just take that fucking tweet sound out of it for me. Oh man, I got to meet me in Temecula, then. I need that. <laughs> Could you, okay, here's the thing that I that I want to ask you guys: When we're dead, long gone, and a new civilization rises, and they find shit like movies like this, or like the viral videos of dumbasses going on crates, what are they going to think about it? Remember that movie, idiosyncrasy? What is it? Was it movie? Idio, yeah, idiocracy, it, right? Yeah, that's what I see. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's not anything good. <laughs> well, hold on. You know what? Yeah, they're going to think of we're retards because this generation is a more intelligent. They have a lot more access resources and they don't understand how there was no such thing as a woman president. Mm. You get what I'm saying? That doesn't register for them. Mm. So that generation is more prepared, a lot more agnostic, a lot more um, understanding, diverse and probably less racist because they've seen nothing but biracial they see nothing, but they know what a black person looks like. They know what a black person in power looks like. They know what, you know, LGBTQT, they know all these things. They're born and into this. And that's all it's great, like, but if, they're di- if somebody were to find a capsule of, like, what trended in social media over the past few years, they're still going to think we're, <laughs> we're wild. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it's, it, it's, and then, I, I, so I think about stuff like this all the time, right? Like, randomly, like, I, I think about, like, what if aliens ever come to the planet and they like pick up or find a copy of Infinity War and think that that's actually like real life rather than a movie? And they're like, what the fuck were these motherfuckers up to? Um, and shit like that. Like, I just always think, that, you know, hell, Marquis, we did a whole, me, Marquis, and Bailey did a whole episode of Simulation Theory. My brain just goes in crazy places with shit like this. I agree with you. The only thing I would say is if we look back and remember that some people had families nine blocks away. Mm. You, you, know you get what I'm saying? You did. Because he was like, oh shit, I feel guilty. Go ahead. No, look, look, there was a guy riding a bike, right? <laughs> and so he get, he came back around pretty fast. I said, no, you fucking didn't. So I looked at my watch to see how fast he was going around. So it was about an average of a minute and a half to two minutes. I was like, nah, I know this ain't no fucking deja vu, nigga. You just going too goddamn fast. <laughs> Listen. This is this is. I, I would love to get married, uh, like to get her in a conversation about some of these fucking conspiracy theories. Cause I just got a foot of marriage and blood. Listen, I don't have time for this shit. <laughs> man, if I find out Jim Carrey, if I find out Jim Carrey has all the answers, man, I'm gonna be mad. I wouldn't be surprised with that. Why Jim Carrey? Because he's the numbers. He's a big conspiracy theorist. So yeah, and he was actually in. Uh... 33. The Truman Show? The Truman Show, yeah. And 23, right? Or 33? I think it was... Was it 23? I think it was 23 or 33, one of the movies. I'm about to throw a rocket to Scott and see what happens. And Eternal Sunshine? I mean, I love that movie. (laughs) That shit is beautiful. I love that shirt, Hayes. I wore this for you and Baylor. Let me look at the video. Appreciate that. Yeah, I wore this for you and Baylor. Rest in peace, Hope. Definitely, definitely. Um, Yeah. uh, but yeah, so that's it on Zola. Anything left on Zola, Baylor, Mary, anything? No, it was dope. You should see it. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a movie that you that you want to watch. It's an experience. It's a real and the fact that that was actually somebody's life is fucking crazy. Yes. Yeah. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Moving on. So this is something that, like, I, I do research for to find stuff for us to talk about. I had no idea that this happened. The Smithsonian's Anthology of Rap, of Hip Hop Plus Rap. Um, this is a collection of over a 300-page book, 11 essays, 120 tracks, 9 CDs. This is, like, a perfect time capsule for everything hip-hop. Marquis, I got to come to you straight on this one because this once I found this topic, I... This was something I felt was just up your alley. What did you think about this? Um, why didn't we know about this? That's my biggest question. Like, this is a mass. This is the Smithsonian. Number one, mm-hmm. anything going into Smithsonian is that's it. Like, that's it. Hip hop has entered the Smithsonian. No one's talked about this. Like, Public Enemy commentary from Public Enemy, like from Chuck D, Def Jam recordings, Bill Adler. Like, know this, and I guarantee you, most of hip hop artists don't even know this. But how is this not information that gotten has gotten to the masses yet or people like us? And the fact that you unearthed this, thank you. But I think this is fucking phenomenal. Um, it tells you how important hip hop is, not just for what it is now, but yeah. the root of hip hop and how important it is, how it's embedded into our, our culture, society and everything. But from a global perspective, yeah, it's probably the number one um, money making music aside from most of the Asian dance whatever that is, the K-pop or whatever. Yeah. But every, guess what? They still rap, too. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? That hip-hop yeah. is infusing them, too. So that's, that, I don't know. One thing I didn't mention is that this also includes photography and art as well. This is, li- like, we need it sounds like we need to take a group outing to the Smithsonian. That's what it sounds like we need to do. And do a live episode there. Oh. And matter of fact, we can probably inter- interview some of the people who curate this shit. Hell yeah. Definitely. Mary, what do you think? All right. So don't kill me, but I knew. And yeah, we started promoting it today. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, there's a lot of limitations around it. So, yeah. But definitely down to take a group trip there. And definitely this is a mom and we made it moment for hip hop. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Baylor, we're taking a field trip. To Yo. Smithsonian. You down, bro? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you want to know something funny? Like I knew about this shit too. I just didn't think we cared. Shit, you didn't think we cared about this? <laughs> no, because this shows. <laughs> I haven't heard anybody outside of this show talk about it. Something that we created. I don't think we care. I think the masses don't care enough about it. Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Anything like like I mean, anytime we we see one of our greats uh, reach uh, an accomplishment that we didn't think that they were able to reach or we didn't think they would uh, get in general, like it's huge to us. But then after that, we don't talk about it no more. And so I just don't think, I just don't think the majority of us care enough about it. I don't think they understand how serious it is. Or some people don't even see hip hop as a way of life. Yeah. Some people don't view hip hop like we view hip hop. So yeah, because people don't take hip hop serious. Yeah. So I, I will say this. We don't celebrate it because you have like the hard rock, hard rock hotel, you know, all the different other genres have their own type of museums, um, stadiums, um, rock and roll hall of fame, stuff like that. It's kind of like we were passed over. Like hip hop, well, but but in fairness, maybe some of these other genres are older. Mm. Devil's advocate, like hip hop isn't even 50 yet. They also didn't think it would last. That's true, yeah. And it's in the Smithsonian, like. Mm-hmm. That's sure. I don't know. I think a lot of people should know, uh, especially those our forefathers, and maybe they don't know how to use Twitter as well. But this should be known. So now mm-hmm. everybody watch the breaks; they'll know now. Yeah. Boom. Yes. Definitely, definitely. I love being able to bring things, and this isn't something that you know a lot. A lot of other podcasts, a lot of other anything is covering a lot. So I would I'm a hundred percent down to meet up there and do a live episode from the outside of the Smithsonian. Absolutely. Um, I actually am going to DC for Labor Day weekend. So, well, hook it up, talk to some people, or maybe we should try to get an interview. Yeah, maybe we try to get it, get a um interview the the curator, somebody who basically inside the Smithsonian to do it and see what we're doing it for. There you go. Well, coming out of that, uh, so in that it made me think of, and I know Baylor said, didn't we do it before? We actually Baylor, we did a conversation what hip hop means to us before, but I wanted to ask you this. Uh, and this is the end of the show. What was the first song that you remember that made you fall in love with hip hop? And so I'll take this one away first just to kind of set the stage. First song, Heavy D and the Boys, Now That We Found Love, was the first song. It came out in 91. <laughs> I was four years old when I, and I, I was the biggest Heavy D fan ever as a, as a little kid. Before I really like appreciated hip hop for lyricism and emceeing, like 
But that was the first one that was like, this is the coolest shit I have ever seen or heard in my life. To see, and I was a chubby kid too. To see Heavy D's big ass dancing like he did when he performed at these fucking award shows, I fell in love with hip hop from that moment. And then very shortly after that, I think is when um, I started stealing my sister's tapes and stuff. And then I started listening to other artists and stuff like that. But it was definitely Heavy D and the Boys was the first. Uh, now that now that we found love was the first hip hop rap song, whatever you want to call it, that I completely fell in love. Okay. Want me to go next? Sure, go, go next for it. I've actually wrote about this, um, but the first song that was playing when I fell in love with hip-hop was actually, and it may be cliche because I'm from Staten Island, but Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Mm. Um, and I was, so every year back in those days, um, Park Hill, um, which is where most of the members of Wu-Tang are from, um, has uh, like a festival kind of celebration, block party, whatever you want to call it, called Park Hill Day. And it always ended in violence and whatever, <laughs> melee. But <laughs> whatever the case was, I, w- I must have been like nine or eight. And I went with my mom who used to hang out there for reasons that I can't disclose, even though I think the statute of limitations up. But anyway, <laughs> um, long story short, Wu-Tang before they really were Wu-Tang, like hit the stage and literally it was like the crowd was electric and you saw like old people, young people, like rival gang members, no joke. Like everyone just started jumping up and down and being like, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, including my mom. And I was literally wow, like, okay. Being in the crowd and seeing that electricity and seeing the power that, like, just that one song kind of brought made me like, I'm in. Like, whatever this is, I'm. This is what I'm about. So, yeah. See, and I wish that my first song that I fell in love with hip hop was a song that was uh, that's like that. But I had to just be honest with where it was. But yeah, that's a that's yeah. that's a great song to make you fall in love with hip hop, especially considering like where you grew up and everything. That's a great story. Um, I mean, my mom might. Should, someone maybe should have called ACS on her. <laughs> but yeah, great. <laughs> Baylor? Man, I, had a, I, I, I was having a, a wrestling match with my action figures when this came on. And uh, it was an intense match, people. Uh, you know. But this nigga LL Cool J, I, I'm sorry. It was bad. It was bad. That's like I'm like, yo, too. this nigga's walk, he's walking around. <laughs> like this nigga's walking around with his shirt off. Y'all see this? <laughs> he just said he'll put somebody's face in the sand. Can he do that? You know what I'm saying? Like with the chain and, and the and the kango, yo, I'm like, yo. yo, this nigga is dope. Like, what's his name? And his name is Cool J? Oh my God, this- this is this is crazy right here. So it was like, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, the only other person that had a song called "Bad" is also the goat as well. Like, I, true, you know what I'm true. saying. So I'm I'm like, it's only two people that had a song called "Bad," and I'm like, yo, this nigga is dope. Like, he he just had like his charisma. You know what I'm saying? Like. He didn't come off as like no gangster, but he came off as like just like the if he was walking down a hallway in high school, like niggas knew like move out the way. It was like this glow. You know what I'm saying? And his shirt is off. He's the only nigga in high school that has no shirt on, sitting in class <laughs> with a chain on. With a dookie rope, a dookie yeah, rope. Yeah. And it was like all his answers was like, nah, I'm bad. I'm bad. And I'm like, all right, I understand that. I understand. So yeah. All right, the historian. I saved you for last on purpose because I feel like this is going to be a really uh, philosophical answer on why you, what song made you fall in love with hip hop and why. Go ahead, Marky. All right. So the song I'll say is this, and I'll say why. It's a song I heard before, but then like a girl that you just appreciate and love, you kind of didn't put that much attention to until you've heard other girls or you've dated, and then you went back to that person. But I'll tell you about the girls that I dated, Children's Story, Uncle Ricky, mm. when I first heard that, I was like, God damn. And hit, the way he did a little falsetto, the way his voice was, the way he told that story, yeah. that didn't happen back then. The storytelling. Um, Walk This Way was cool as fuck. Motherfucker, yeah. even with my Adidas. The fact that that shit happened and they fused it with a rock band, I was like, yo, this is cool as fuck. That's a statement right there. Yeah. Um, Paper Thin. MC Light, when she dropped Paper Thin, 
yo, I'm sitting here listening to like, this is some dope shit from a female perspective, just spitting shit. And you're right, I'm bad. That's where my bravado came in. I was like, yo, I could be like this motherfucker because I'm bad too. You're right. I'm walking around like, yo, even though I was skinny as fuck. But I knew in my mind I was bad because I had my Walkman and shit. <laughs> just a friend. When mm. you, that shit right there, bruh, you couldn't help but keep playing that shit over and over and over. Like, I, I remember listening to Just a Friend. Everybody was singing it. You know, but you say he's just a friend. Yep. But you say, oh, baby. Like, come on. Didn't hit the note at all, but you still sang it and shit. The symphony. The symphony was the first Juice Crew joint. Nigga, with I all, said a all song. God damn. Hear me out. Listen, <laughs> will you pay attention? No, no, no. I went to these songs. Right now, we all must revise our answer. Exactly. No, 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 no. It's going to go to one song. Remember, I appreciated. I loved hearing it. It wasn't just the fad. This was a moment. But the song that I felt fell in love and went back to that basically changed everything for me. Where I started paying attention to lyrics, content, and everything. I ain't no joke. Rock him. Mm. When I heard that shit, mm. I went back because I remember I heard it before all this. Even the bridge is over. I heard it before all those songs. But when I went back to that, I was like, I need to be in hip hop. That's what it was. When as I heard I ain't said no that, joke. I started hearing, start hearing the beat. You can't do nothing I'll, about your I'll, that beat. I remember the moment I started appreciating Rock Him. And it, so it was when uh, Chronic 2001 came out. I was listening to it. And I told you guys, my dad is a big hip hop head. And he was like, You like this type of music? I was like, Yeah. He was like, You really, really like it? And he said, you should go listen to Rakim. I'm like, who the fuck is Rakim? Keep in mind, when Chronic 2001 came out, I was still young as shit. I wasn't, what, 13 years old? If that. And I sat there. And that's what Rakim led me to Cool G Rap. That led me, like, I went down a path at that point of hip-hop and, like, going back in the day. And that shit was fucking amazing. So I definitely feel where you come from. That Yo. So interestingly, I could see Dre being the like the evolution of Rakim or inspired by Rakim within a lot of ways. Just like I always felt like low key Nas sort of you can hear his that he was inspired by Slick Rick. Absolutely. So the story about that, the reason he didn't get signed at Def Jam is because they said he sounded too much like Rakim and Cold Chillin didn't want him because they thought he sounded too much like Cool G. Interesting. It's so funny that like really when you go back. So, and I've said this before. I think we've talked about this, me and you, Marky. I don't know if we've actually talked about it on the podcast and maybe in one of the text chats, but you can really feel so much influence from Cool G Rap on so many people that came after him, and he mm-hmm. does not get the credit he des- that he deserves for it. Like, there are so many people that built upon what Cool G Rap did musically that, like, still no, not as much to this day, but, like, even up until the early 2000s, you still felt that so much, and it was so evident that... And, like, you mentioned Cool G rap to some people now. They'd be like, who the fuck? Other than him being the motherfucker who Superhead wrote about in the book, people don't know who Cool G rap is. Mm-hmm. So. so, Bree could attest to this. His rhyme pattern was flow the first verse, flow the second verse, don't rhyme this third verse, and rhyme the fourth verse. He was the first to do that. Mm. And that's what Rakim um, Nas adopted that flow, too. But his also, his rapid fire was based on his lisp. A lot of people know if you have a lisp, you can actually spit rapid fire. It's, it's one of those things I happen to learn. But yeah, impeccable flow. Way beyond his ears. And if you notice, he was part of the Juice crew and the rest of them, yeah. but he didn't diss KRS-One. Mm-hmm. He was I one of the rappers so. who didn't diss KRS-One, yeah. And I think yeah. everybody knew that would have been a battle worth watching. Um, again, Big Daddy Kane didn't step in because he kind of was like, you know, but... And I appreciate that. Big Daddy Kane, though, like, oh, that nigga was nice, too. But, mm-hmm. yeah, when I heard when I heard that motherfucking, I ain't no joke, I used to let the mic smoke, now I slam it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. The moment as you a, open that shit, I'm like, kid, I'm done. <laughs> as a kid, you'd be like, can he do that? <laughs> can he really do no. that? No. The fact that he said, the fact that he did it, <laughs> the fact that he did it, you know what I mean? Like, yo, to, to me, when, again, when you hear I'm bad, you hear the rest of them, but you hear somebody saying how... Yo, I this microphone is mine. Even microphone theme, everything that motherfucker did with a mic, lyrically, follow the leader, and everybody knows, or they're saying subliminal shot at Big Daddy Kane. Mm-hmm. If you kind of listen to it, yeah. But that motherfucker, bro. So is your lesson? Mm. I knew you were going. I knew you were going to come with some heat. I fucking knew it. Like that's why I saved you for last because there is no there is no coming after Marquee on a topic like this. There's just not. Um. Uh, and that's why he's the hip hop historian, people. But that has been another episode of the Breaks Radio. Uh, 
Go ahead, give me your social medias. Let's get the hell up out of here. Mary, you know you're up first. Go ahead, lady. And I'm going to be fast because I'm sick. <laughs> it's at Miss Mary Almonte on all social platforms, at Young Urban Moms. Y'all should follow Rock the Bells, too. <laughs> um, and, yeah, that's it for now. All right, Baylor. Uh, at Baylorism on Twitter. And give me Black Panther, Black Dynamite, Spawn, Blue Marvel. Mm, you can see. And then... And then Blue Marvel is kicking everybody else's. Like Blue Mar- Marvel's power level is fucking ridiculous. Go ahead. And I had and I had one more. I forgot who the fifth one was, but give me the FI and we'll whoop y'all ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> Blue Marvel alone. Like if if they make a Blue Marvel TV show, that shit is gonna be the most incredible thing ever. Like his story in the. I'm sorry, I'm nerding out. We're supposed to be leaving. Let me shut the fuck up, Marquis. Give me social media. <laughs> On that note, I have to say it, but if. T'Challa actually ended up becoming Star-Lord. He'd been a great superhero of all time. Um, follow Young Umber Mom. Please follow Baylor because the shit he posts is fucking hilarious. Oh, what my God. Baylor owns oh TikTok right God. now. Like, I, can't, oh, I cannot open TikTok and look at Baylor's page if I'm, like, tr- trying to do something else. Because I a I watch every video about two or three you times because you have to. Mm-hmm. And, like, because you got to first, you got to hear what he has to say. Then you have to see his facial reactions while he's saying it because that motherfucker has some inflections that I don't even know if he knows he does sometimes. Y'all need to be following Baylor on fucking TikTok. You're doing TikTok wrong if you don't follow Baylor. Word. Um, shout out that joke's coming. Go, go deliver, deliver. No, 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 I'm saying eventually. After, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, shout out to the person or the group who's handling the social media for Rock the Bells because they shouted out KRS-One his birthday, yo, I remember going back in history. Just Again, he's my second favorite rapper of all time. Uh, I love me some Chris. Third. No, he's third. I got, I'm sorry. It's Nas, Redman, KRS, Rockham. Um, but whoever's handling that shit. That's a strong lineup would, right there. Yeah, I mean, you know. But whoever's handling well, that shit, shout out to them. But, here's a little treat for you. Redman has his own show on Rock the Bells Radio. Serious. Oh, shit, I didn't know that. Yep. No, oh, well, I think yeah. Redman. I think Redman is my cousin. Red Redman. I think he is too. Redman is top, top, top five dead or alive. I wouldn't dispute that. I think Method Man is better than. I I don't dispute that. It like that's one of those I arguments argue. I can't I can't, I can't argue. argue on that either. Uh, yeah, they they can they can together. They can they can co-hold a spot. Like they can co-hold a spot to me. Yeah. No 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 no. Red Redman is definitely top five, but I would say Method Man is is better. Then not not Redman, he's better than somebody else. But I'm not gonna go there. Also, happy birthday to my wife today too. Happy, happy birthday! Happy birthday, birthday. goddamn it, Miss Taylor! What'd you happy What'd you birthday! Get huh? What'd you get it? <laughs> All <laughs> right, we're gonna move right along. Okay. You can follow so, us yeah. collectively at the Breaks Radio. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. <laughs> TheBreaksRadioGmail.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can do so at six one four five four seven two zero three nine. We are the number one podcast for the culture, and this week we off this bitch. <laughs> This long dick. <laughs> I cannot. First learn that I ain't a gift. <laughs> this has been a presentation of the Break Break Radio. Break, 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 break.